Good morning. How are y'all? Great, great, great. So glad you're here. We are wrapping up a series uh, where we've been all year so far talking about knowing God. Today's last Sunday, and I actually added two extra messages uh, last week and this week. And so if you haven't been here, I'm going to catch you up on where we've been. We start off the year just talking about that we wanted to know God more. We wanted to see God do more. And so we started off on this journey of there's things that you can do for that to happen. So we talked about reading God's word more, talked about praying more, fasting more. We talked about serving more, get involved in the life of the church, getting in a, a small group, being connected more. We talked about being more generous. That that that, that is an avenue where where you can see God work in your life more through generosity. And then last week it was about recovery. Allie and Wade shared about that you can know God through recovery. And today we close it out talking about just really about calling. And, and I t- kind of tied that in because first service, uh, my son Mitchell was ordained. And uh, so he, he's been working, uh, felt God called him to be a pastor. And so that happened today. So I kind of tied this message into that. And I want to talk to you about calling today that, that you get to know God more by answering his call more. You know God more by answering his call more. And so um, is that up there? Yeah, there it is. Great. Okay, great. I'm not, so I'm a little lost, okay? Is everybody with me? I'm, I've had emotional service. I'm trying to regroup a little bit. So uh, if you're here, you're like, man, gosh, it's a Sunday I came. All right. So I'm going to try to get together. How many of you remember phones that had cords? Does anybody not remember one of those? <laughs> we got a few. All right. And not only did... Phones used to just be corded, so you had to stand them. And I remember if you had a really long cord, you thought you were something. You remember that? Like you could move around the house a little bit. You could talk to people. And and then they had the dial. Remember the dial? You had the dial. It wasn't the push button. You had the dial. You remember? It took forever. Somebody took forever trying to call somebody. And, and you had that. And it's funny how things have changed in, in, in the whole phone world. But used to... You didn't know who was calling you. Do you know that? There was no caller ID, and this was this made life fun. You know what I'm talking about? You could prank call people. They didn't know what was happening and just be stupid and not, you know, and, and, and these, these, were, these were great times. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, I feel like this thing's buzzing. Is it? Is it I've lost my, my piece of foam. That's what it is. But anyway, we'll keep going. Now, our, when I was in college, uh, the dorm I was at, it only had two phones. Every room didn't have a phone. This is how old I am. They had a phone, a pay phone upstairs and a pay phone downstairs. That's all they had. And so, because we were college students, we had everything else to do, there were times where we would, late at night, we would go, to, I lived upstairs, we would go to the downstairs pay phone. It was a Christian college, by the way, too. And we would put shaving cream on that pay phone downstairs. And we would, about 2 o'clock in the morning, we would call that thing. And, and because we're college students, nobody's really getting up. It would ring for sometimes 20 or 30 minutes. It would just ring and ring and ring. But we knew eventually someone was going to answer. What do you got? You got me, Kyle? Thank you. Can you put it on there? Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Much better. Anyway, so we put shaving cream on it, and we'd call it. would ring for 20, 30 minutes. And sooner or later, somebody would answer that phone. They'd answer that phone, and they'd get an earful of shaving cream. 
And then you could hear him running up the stairs. You know what I'm talking about? You could hear him coming, and we'd get in our room, shut the door, out, like we were asleep. And I'll tell you something. I could do that right now and love every minute of it. <laughs> it never gets old. It never stops being funny. And, and I'm just telling you, I have kind of middle school humor. But the funny thing about that is God's calling all of us. And it's not that we don't know he's calling. That he's always calling. He's always reaching out to us. He's always working in our lives. As a matter of fact, the, the, the fact that you're here today is part of his calling you. It's part of his calling you. and It's part of his nudging and, and cajoling you and, and moving you. The fact that you're here today is part of that. We don't see it like that. We don't, we don't feel like it's like that. We think, hey, I'm coming. But I'm telling you, it's God's work in your life, the fact that you're here today. This is, and, and so God's always calling us. And if you want to know God more, then you answer that call more. So we have this bad habit of when people call of not answering. You ever, you ever have people call and you don't answer the phone? You see it and you go, not today. You ever do that? Not today, Pastor Gary. <laughs> Man, first service people, they call me all the time. I never pick up their calls. <laughs> you guys are first ringers. You know, y'all get the first ring I'm picking up with you guys. And a lot of times God's calling us. And we're not answering. We say, I'm going to let it ring. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go to voicemail. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just text him. And I'm here today to tell you that if you want to know him more, you'll answer that call more. And so I'm going to read you one of my favorite stories in Scripture. It's kind of a weird that it's my favorite, but it is one of my favorite. And then I'm going to give you three calls that I feel like that we need to start answering. So here's the scripture from Acts chapter 9. Paul is named Saul first. Now, it's always weird in the Bible. They're always changing people's names. They always are. Just are. Because names meant way more back then. Saul was persecuting the church. As a matter of fact, he had murdered some Christians. And he was on his way to Damascus to put some more in jail to possibly murder them. His whole goal in life at this point in time was to destroy the church. He was against it. He was against Jesus Christ. And he was good at it. We has this moment where God, through Jesus, intervenes. This, this supernatural calling happens. He says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul he is praying to me right now. 
I have shown him in a vision of uh, a, a man na- named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell off, fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. And then he got up and was baptized, and afterwards he ate some food and regained his strength. And so in this story are three calls that I feel like that we we have to answer. Three, three calls we answer if we want to know God more. If you want to know God more, then you've got to answer these calls. And the first call is this. It's the call to go. See, a lot of people think that God is a God of no, that he says no, that he, no, we don't do this, no, we don't do that. that he, but if you read the scriptures, God is way more a God of go, that he wants us to go. He wants us to be going. As a matter of fact, if you read the scriptures, that, that this is part of what he does. And he calls people like he called Noah to go build an ark. He called Abraham to go to a place. He said, you go, you just take off, and I'll tell you where you're going when you get there. He called Moses to go lead the people. He called David to go and face Goliath. He called Esther to go before the king. He calls Peter to go and preach. He calls Paul to start churches. That God is always a God of go, and he's always calling us to go. I want you to hear this. What I love about this story, the reason why I love this story so much, is that Ananias is not a pastor. Ananias is not a pastor. He's not even a leader in the church. He is just simply a believer that God, for some reason, has chosen to go minister to Paul. He's go minister to Saul. He's he's chosen. And so you and I have this call to go. And I'm going to tell you how this works, that people usually fall into three categories. And they're not going to tell you these things. They are dealing with trouble. They have some sort of tension in their life, or they are in transition. They have some sort of trouble. It could be health. It could be financial. It could be, it could be relational. They have some kind of tension. It could be some kind of family tension. It could be tension at work. They're dealing with some kind of tension in their life. And, or they are, they are in transition. They are in transition. They've lost someone. Uh, maybe someone has passed. Or, or they're in transition where they're dealing with health issues. Or they're in transition where they are, they have, a relationship has not turned out the way they thought in, in some capacity. And people always land in these three categories. And you know what they're doing? They're doing just like Saul was here. They're praying that someone would help them. Now, they're not going to come up to you and say this. I'm telling you. They're not going to come to you and say this. They're not going to show up and say, hey, I'm struggling. Most of the time, they're not. But you know what? God's going to place this thought in your mind. You need to go pray with so-and-so. You need to go and talk to them. You need to go and invite them. That you and you need to be going. That you you need you need to be moving towards someone. That God is always calling us to go. As a matter of fact, I'm giving you two scriptures right here. They're the same. God says the same thing twice. The Lord said, "Go over to Straight Street." And you know what I love about this? This is, God is so clear to Ananias. It is not vague. It is so clear. He says, "You go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. There's a man from Tarshish. His name's Saul. You go talk to him." And you would think that that Ananias would think, "Man, this is great." God, I'm having this supernatural moment that God's speaking to me. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. If you heard God speak to you in an audible voice, would you do it? 
Nobody raised their hand first service either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We always, because people always say to me when I, as a pastor, this is why I ask, people say, well, if I heard an audible voice, I'd do it. I'm like, I read the scriptures, the people in the Bible, they heard audible voices. They didn't do it either. And so many times God has this call for us to go to our family, to our friends, to people on our ball teams, to people at work. As a matter of fact, I just got back from Mexico where myself and 13 other people went to Mexico. We, go, we went, we, we were going to go to Mexico to help build a house. Everybody either raised or paid money to go build a house for somebody else. And here's how this works. When you choose to go, God uses you, and guess what? He blesses you. This is how it works. And if you want to know God more, you answer that call to go more. The more you answer that call, the more you're going to know God, the more he's going to work in your life. And if so what happens is, is that we stymie God a lot of times because he's calling us and we go, I'll do this later. You must have the wrong guy. I'm going to put God on voicemail right here. I'm just going to, te- I'll text him later and tell him I can't make it. Because that's how we do so many times. Here's the other scripture. But the Lord said, go. He's calling you and I to go, that we are people who are supposed to go. So I'm going to stop right here and tell you something. This could be the greatest year in the history of South Campus. I want you to hear me on this. Now, I just don't say it. This, this is what I've come up to. We have more people coming. Our attendance has been phenomenal this year. We have more first-time guests. We had seven baptisms, first service, one second service, eight baptisms a day. People are coming. Look, at it, and, and, and here's what I'm trying to tell you. God's called us to go, that we've got God-given momentum to go. As a matter of fact, March is called our Go Month. It's a month where we talk about going, and so this is kind of the, the precursor of that going on, that, that God's calling us to go. And you're going to be hearing about us going locally, of us going globally, of us going and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, anyway, I just got back from Mexico where we did this. And I can tell you that the people that went on that trip, every one of them would tell you, I could line them up here, and you know what they tell me? That was one of the greatest experiences in my life. That when you go, God works in your life. What happens to us is that we choose not to go. We choose not to listen. God's calling us. Go talk to someone. Go do this. Go do that. And you have these thoughts and you, uh, for whatever reason. And so what I'm saying is you got to go. Second one is this. Obey. That if you want to know God more, then you've got to obey God more. And this one is, is maybe the hardest one. Uh, here's the thing about o- obedience is that obedience is not sexy. It is often painful. It is sometimes difficult. It is not easy. But there is always blessing on the backside of obedience. That when God calls you to do something, that a lot of times, and you've heard me say this, a lot of times when God calls me to do something, I'm going kicking and screaming. You don't know this. Somebody invites me to something. You think Gary's here and he's smiling. You know, I get, I get paid to be nice to y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but inside, I may be thinking to myself, I don't want to go. You know why? Because that's what's inside of all of our flesh. There are things that happen at the church sometimes that I don't really feel like going. And here's the truth. I do have to go because I am the pastor. Sunday mornings are not an option for me. Where's Gary at? Now, he was tired. That doesn't fly. But there are times where, man, I, I, I just need to do what God's calling me to do. 
and it may feel painful. And sometimes I'll tell Leslie, like, man, I, my flesh doesn't want to go. That's what I'll say. My flesh doesn't want to go. But every time I do, listen to me, there's blessing on the backside of it. That he blesses me. I see him work. I see him move. And you know what I say to myself? I was so glad I didn't miss that. So glad I didn't miss it. See, the front end obedience is very, very difficult. It's work. It's, it's God. It's, it's denying yourself. It's God working. And, it's used. and here's what happens to us. We all have these moments where God speaks to us. And I want you to see the scripture. We're just like Ananias. This is what we say. But Lord. I mean, God spoke to him in an audible voice, and he's wanting to argue with him. But God. And then we start trying to tell God what's what. This is what I love about Ananias. Why I love this story. So like us. Ananias is going to straighten God out here. He is. Watch. But Lord, I've heard many things, many people talk about the terrible things this man has done. Like, God doesn't know these things. He's like he's trying to tell God, you don't, you don't understand. That guy's a bad person. He, there's no way this guy can. This guy's murdered Christians. We don't want him on our team. He's the exact opposite of what we want. He could never be forgiven. You don't know what he's done. He's done terrible things. And we start to tell God when God calls us to, to obey, when he calls us to stop doing something, to start doing something, we can really rationalize and make excuses. And the truth is, it's inside of all of us. And here's what I want you to hear, is that disobedience not only hinders us knowing God. Hear me on this. It robs us of his blessing. You never get the blessing unless you're obedient. You don't get the blessing of God. You don't get the, the blessing of knowing him more or seeing him work in your life when you choose to disobey what he says. It just doesn't work like that. And I think some people, and I'm going to say this, some people think they're an exception to the rule. And I don't think there is an exception. I know there's not an exception to the rule. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here. Samuel replies, and he's talking to another guy named Saul in the Old Testament. And he said, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams. And see, what they did in their cultures when they, they didn't obey, they thought, well, we'll just give God more. We'll give him more of our stuff. We'll give him more rams. We'll offer more sacrifices. And he said, hey, that's not what he wants. He wants you to listen to him. And then finally, the scripture right here in 1 John 2, 3. He says, and we can be sure we know him. If we obey his commandments, that you and I are going to answer the call of being obedient. So I'm going to ask you this question right now. Where is God calling you to follow him? And he'll be obedient. And, man, you're, and you're, you're pumping the brakes harder than you ever have. Where's that at? What if you were to stop and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. What if you were to try that? What if you were to do that and see where that leads you? See, see the blessing on the backside of that. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy because sometimes God calls us to hard things. But what if you were to do that? I think your life would be better. I think that you would have a testimony that you could share with others. I think you would receive blessing. Which leads me to the third one. I want to spend a little bit of time here. It's this call to risk. This call to risk. 
There's a survey done of elderly people, and they asked, if you had to live your life over, what would you do differently? This is a, this is a great survey. And they said three things. They said, we would reflect more. They said, we would risk more. And they said, we would do something that counted with our lives. I'm going to say that again. A group of elderly people were surveyed. If you had to live your life over again, what would you do differently? We would reflect more. We would risk more. And we would do something that counts with our lives. And I want you to hear this. God's calling you to risk. God's calling all of us to risk. He's calling us to risk our reputations, to risk our relationships, to risk our resources. That he's calling us to risk. He's calling us to places where we feel uncomfortable, where we feel like, hey, I might look stupid. You know, I, I launched into this thing uh, uh, a couple weeks ago where I said we were going to do four Easter services. We're going to do four Easter services. Y'all remember when I did that? I came and said, we're going to do four Easter services. And I went home, you know, I got, in, I got home and sat in the chair and I thought, why did you say that? <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if we don't have anybody come to any of those? So you're going to look stupid, Gary. I did. And you know what the enemy does? He's really good at this. God calls out to you, and you start to respond. And then he starts talking to you. You don't want to do that. You're going to look stupid. You don't want to risk that. Man, you got it good right here. You don't, you don't want that. You don't need any more, God. You got enough. You don't want to go tell somebody about Jesus, man. They're going to, they're going to think you're crazy. You don't, you don't want to be generous, man. Who's going to take care of you? This is what he does. This, he's really, really good at it. I mean, really good at it. And every time that you want to step out, it's going to be a risk. But I want you to hear me. He's calling us to risk. Here's where I want to land. I started off this, this sermon series telling you where, where the Lord is leading me, and I want you to know this is where I'm going. That I want to see more of God in 2024. I want to see me. I want to see Him do more. I want to, and, and I'm just going to tell you flat out. I want to see more people come to faith. I want to see more baptisms. I want to see more of God moving in our lives. More of Him answering our prayers. More of Him doing the supernatural. I want to see more. When in order to do that, there, there's times where you and I we've got to risk. And so this is what I'm thinking. Like if this was the chips in my life, I want to go all in here. I want to go all in and see what God does, and I'm asking you to go with me. And I, that's a big ask, but I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for the Lord because that's what he asked of all of us. Jesus said, if anybody would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then come follow me. That's what he says. That we're all supposed to be all in, that, that following Jesus is not safe. It's not this little comfortable thing we do like we're going on a cruise. How many of you like cruises? You like cruises? Nobody? Okay, great. All right, what do you all like? Nobody wants to hear from the Lord. Nobody wants. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody wants to go. On. I love cruises. But following Jesus is not being on a cruise ship. It's a call to risk. It's a call to die. It's a call to give your life. And so we've got Easter weekend coming up. It's coming up in March, believe it or not, March 30th and 31st. Easter, Easter is actually on the 31st. And we're going all in. We're going all in. We're going to put a sign out front. We're going to have cards for you to pass out. We're going to ask you to serve. 
We're going to ask you to bring. We're going to ask you to invite the people that, that you say you love and you're friends with so that they can hear about Jesus Christ, so they can hear about a dead guy who came back to life. We're asking you to give your life to risk more than you've ever risked more. And guess what happens if we do? Then we know God more than we ever will. I'm telling you. Now, that's how it works. I want you to look at this scripture from Esther. It says, then Esther, she's, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. She's supposed to go before the king. She goes before the king, and, and, and it's not the right time. He can have her killed. But if she doesn't go before the king, her entire people are going to be wiped out. And so she's got this internal struggle of, what am I going to do? And then finally she comes to this conclusion. Then Esther sent the reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, and she could, she could be uh, killed for her faith, killed for her boldness to go before the king, she says, I will go and see the king, and if I must die, I must die. And when I read that, that's exactly the call of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you heard the story when, when, when Jesus was talking to Saul and he's talking to Ananias. He said, he said I'm going to show Paul, Saul, how much he must suffer, that Christ is calling us to die so that we can live because you're never more fully alive than when you're given and risking all that you have for Jesus Christ. So if you sit here and you're comfortable and we're just going to be comfortable a whole life, then you're going to miss out on this. But if you give it all away, if you're willing to give it up, then that's when you'll know him more. That's when you'll see him do more. That's when we'll see him reach more. That's when he will be more than we ever thought he would be. And so he's calling us to risk. He's calling us to obey. He's calling us to go. So how do you close a message like this out? Well, there's a connect card in your seat with a bunch of options on it. And I talk about the connect card some, but I'm going to walk through them today because here's what I believe. I believe that if you're here today that God's calling you, that he's been calling out to you since the day that you were born to follow him more to know him more. And if anything I've said today has resonated, even just the smallest iota, that's the Holy Spirit nudging you, nudging you to believe, to move, to act. And so on this card, there's some next steps. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ today. I'd like to speak to someone about following Christ. I want to be baptized. Sign me up for the starting point class so I can become a member of this church. Or there's opportunities to serve. I'm going to serve some areas here. There's even the spring fling sheet that you can sign up to help us go to Herd Mixon to be the hands and feet of this elementary school that we feel like God has placed us right beside. And we get to, we get to do this. And listen, they want us there. They invite us. Maybe you could be part of that. But I'm going to pray for you. And I'm asking you to, to ask yourself, to be honest with yourself. Where's God calling me? Where's God calling me right now? And to fill out the card. To fill out where's, and you drop it in the basket on the way out. We would love to follow up with you wherever that lands. But I want you to know this. Hear me on this. 
You won't know God more unless you answer the call more. You just won't. You'll be stuck. You may even start going backwards. But that's not what God has for us. When I start off the year, the scripture from Ephesians said he is able to, to do incredibly more than we ask or imagine. He's able to do more than you imagine. What if you surrendered yourself to let him do that for you right now? I'm going to pray for you. Father, Lord, you know everybody who's here today, and you know their hearts, and you know their stories. And Lord, you know that you've been calling all of us. The fact that we're here today is part of that calling, whether somebody invited us, drug us, bribed us, or we wanted to come. And so, Lord, I pray for the person here today, or the persons who have never given their lives to you, that when this moment came, they always held back. I pray they wouldn't hold back anymore. Lord, I pray for the persons here today that, that need to be baptized. And this is not me, Lord. I don't want it to be me trying to drum up something. This is you and your Holy Spirit just, just talking about next steps with people. They need to be baptized. Lord, I pray for those who have been coming that I'm just going to say it, it's probably going to hurt their feelings. They don't do anything around here. And that you would be calling them, that, that they are needed in the body. That your idea, church, was never for us to come and sit. It was always for us to be and do. Lord, I pray for those here today that are going to sign up to go to herd mixing. They're going to sign up to bring their friends for Easter. going to sign up to serve for Easter. Lord, I pray for all of us to want to go and obey and risk and see what you do with our lives when we do. And so, Lord, I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you why this is my favorite story. I know you're ready to go. I'll be quick. Because I picture Ananias one day. You know, Paul is, you know, he's, he comes in one. He, he has all the churches and and writes all almost the majority of the letters in the New Testament. I know you got to go. Just you're gonna you're gonna love this. And I see Ananias one day going. He would have been nothing without me. Look, I went over and prayed with him. Man, scales fell off. Ananias has got a story. He's got a testimony. Let me tell you something. Ananias didn't. He had no idea when he went over there that day. That the Apostle Paul was going to start churches that are still around 2,000 years later. He had no idea. He had no, none. He was just going to do what God called him to do. He was going to go. He was going to obey. He was going to risk. If it cost him his life, it cost him his life. But he had no idea. I want you to hear me on this. You have no idea what God wants to do in your life. You have no idea of the power of God inside of you to change the world. So hear me. Go. Obey risk. It's worth it all. You'll, you'll just trust me on this one. On the backside of it, you're going to see changed lives and you're going to thank God.
Have a great day. We'll see you.